Hello and welcome to the Weird Around Illinois podcast. Today we're going to talk about the final stage of our summer journey, which took us to Galena, Illinois, where we encountered goats and ghosts. Let's get weird. We'll start by telling you a little bit about the town of Galena. It's a beautiful little town. It's set in these this very hilly area in uh, in northwestern Illinois, um, very close to the border with Iowa, and um, close to the Mississippi River as well. It's an old town. I think I think it became a town in the 1800s, but it was settled much earlier than that. Oh, it has history going all the way back to the 1600s. Um, former uh, President U.S. Grant, or General U.S. Grant, had a, uh, a house there. His father lived there. Uh, former President Abraham Lincoln gave a speech there from the balcony of the DeSoto House, which we'll talk about later. And um, it's just a town, you can feel the history when you're walking through it. It does. I mean, uh... Obviously, during the day, it's a little bit more populated, but it, it did seem a little bit older than most towns. It, it still has that old-time feel, I think, because there aren't any of, like, the big stores in there. You don't see, like, a Walmart or a Sam's Club or something. Yeah, it's all small businesses. Yeah, all small shops. It looks like all still in the original buildings from you know, centuries ago. Yeah, those were, it was mainly just, like, brick buildings, wasn't it? Yeah, brick and some wood. Yeah, brick kind of bring a more historic feeling at times. Yeah. So, definitely, it... It had the feel of a place with with kind of a otherworldly vibe to it. It, it. it didn't it didn't feel like we were just you know going out for a day trip to a place a few miles away. It felt like we were going back in time a little bit when we went there. But our first actual trip that we took in Galena did not involve going back in time. It involved going through the woods with a bunch of goats. <laughs> we, we went to a business called Hoofit. Now. This is not a paranormal encounter, but I think it definitely qualifies as being weird around Illinois. Because um, yeah. this business allows you to basically go walking through this goat path with a herd of goats. Um, when I first read about it, I was like, you know, this is so weird, we have to try this. And the, the walking path is about a mile and a quarter and we had a pretty nice day for it. And it's a heavily wooded path, so you've got woods on either side of you most of the time. Um, and just like we're describing, as soon as you get out on the path, suddenly they release this herd of goats to walk with you. Yeah, and they are relentless. <laughs> yes. As you're just walking by casually, they will push you out of the way if needed. They just will not stop walking. No. They, unless, like, the whole herd stops. Yeah, they have no regard whatsoever for your safety or theirs. <laughs> yeah. I also find, found it kind of weird that it was, um, like, near the woods. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that goats really walk around the woods. I thought it was more like open land. Me too. Me too. I was surprised about that. Yeah, I really would have thought that, like, if we stopped, they would just all be lost completely and have a lost sense of direction. Yeah. Apparently, it's the opposite. They have such a strong herd mentality that if you stop, they're all going to cluster around you because they think you're leading the herd. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, I'm glad that they didn't even bother to get near my shoelaces because that was my biggest fear. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about that the whole time. Yeah. Don't let the goats eat my shoelaces. It was mentioned many times. <laughs> well, we did feed the goats some carrots while we were there, even though we didn't feed them shoelaces. Um, they uh, were eating the entire time we were walking. They, apparently their favorite food is poison ivy. Which, Wait, really? Yeah. Man. <laughs> doesn't bother them at all. Um, <laughs> which is kind of handy, really. If you got a bunch of poison ivy on your property you need cleared, you just buy some goats. Man. But uh, the, there were some dangers on that course, and poison ivy was certainly one of them. Uh, apparently there's also poison oak, which thankfully I didn't get, even though I found myself grabbing several trees with the other danger was Sasquatch. There was <laughs> there was a cutout of Bigfoot in one corner. Oh yeah. Um, but overall, it was a fun walk. Uh, the goats were just adorable. We had all kinds of fun with the goats, and they had no problem at all being petted and interacting with us and eating out of our hands and everything else. It was uh, it was everything we expected it to be. I think. It had a lot of similarities to dogs. Yeah. Well, at least our dog. Yeah. Because our dog has no sense of safety for himself or others either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a lot of dogs tend to like food, like them. Yeah, true. But when there's food, the story is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's when they'll come charging up to you regardless of what else is going on. <laughs> yeah. Go for the food. Um, well, while we are out there, we uh, we did take some time to talk to... Well, I, I talked to the goat wrangler, one of the goat wranglers. And I asked her if she'd ever seen anything weird out there. And I told her about our podcast. And um, I was a little surprised when she said there'd been no Sasquatch sightings out there. Because I'd heard a lot about Sasquatch sightings or Bigfoot sightings in the Galena area. Yeah, and what gave them the idea to put uh, a cut out there then? Yeah, yeah, good point. And, and, you know, the path did look pretty squatchy. Yeah, I mean, then again, I can't blame them for just putting it there, but... Yeah, it raises the question a little. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't the only place in Galena we saw that cutout either. Um, oh yeah, there were a few place. places. Um, but yeah, she lived in that area most of her life, and it sounded like she'd never heard any Bigfoot stories, but she did hear some ghost stories. Um, she specifically told us to check out the DeSoto house, and she mentioned this legend of a woman in black who appeared at the DeSoto house and she said in a lot of buildings downtown, particularly like up in the windows or on the roofs and stuff, and she said she'd never seen the woman in black herself, but she knew people who had. And this was the beginning of a main character in this <laughs> entire podcast. Yes, definitely. And it was the beginning of our adventure. Because, uh, you know, we, we went back to the, the Goat Walk headquarters and we spoke to the the, uh, the founder of the business and basically asked her the same questions and, and she gave similar answers. The only thing that she added was that um, there are many haunted sites in Galena and she recommended taking one of the ghost tours. Now I will say, I talked us out of the ghost tour. And I kind of regret it now, because when I looked at the ghost tour, it was people dressed up in, like, Civil War or, or Revolutionary War costumes saying, hear ye, hear ye, and leading you around, and 
I was like, oh no, this is going to be too stupid for us. And then I was picturing them having staged jump scares along the trail and everything, or along the path, and um, I was like, no, you know, we owe our listeners better than this. Uh, in retrospect, after talking to more people about it, you know, it sounds like it's actually a legit ghost tour. You know, yes, they do wear the goofy costumes and everything, but they do actual, actually visit haunted sites, and they don't stage anything. They actually look for real ghosts. Yeah, it would have been nice to at least get the history mm-hmm. from the tour. But, since I talked us out of that, we decided to do our own investigation. And we started at the DeSoto house. Driving up to the DeSoto house, you already kind of get the feel that it's a little different, right? D- during the day, it, it's more populated, as I said, but it the, the, there was like a um, there was like a stairway, kind of like these big doors that looked almost ancient to me. Yeah, it it was kind of menacing at first, but like once we got inside, it was a very nice place. Yeah, yeah, it was. And we started our investigation where we're most comfortable, which is in the restaurant. Um, we went to the Green Street Tavern, which is kind of like their, their pub-type restaurant they have there. And it, there's a bar attached. And um, I, as I recall, it was a pretty decent meal. I mean, I had the steak sandwich. It wasn't anything to write home about, but it wasn't bad. Um, you had the, the tips and spetzel, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was basically beef with noodles or something. Or beef with... It was like beef with... I don't even remember what it came with, but it was like beef and vegetables. Hmm. Yeah. So, but the real memorable part wasn't the entrees, it was the appetizer. Yeah, the cheese curds. <laughs> they were the most unique cheese curds I've ever had in my life, and I think we could all agree it was possibly the best. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were pretty darn good. They, I don't know what strategy they used to make them, but they were cube cheese curds. You know, you're, you're used to, um, you know, usually just like a bunch of like un, uneven circles or like weird sphere shapes. Yeah, like somebody just took a glob of cheese and breaded it and threw it in the fryer. Exactly, and that's essentially what ke- cheese curds are, but they took it to another level. Yeah, the the shape threw me off, and when you look at them, they're not even breaded. They no. didn't put breading on them. They just, like, fried cheese curds with nothing else on them. <laughs> but they were so good. Yeah. I don't know how they got that crust around it. Yeah, it was like this ultra-thin crust that it wasn't breading. It was like the cheese itself, like, hardened around the outside. Absolutely perfect. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. We were enjoying that so much that, you know, it was amazing that I took a break from my eating long enough to talk to the waitress um, (laughs) and ask her about the ghost stories involving the DeSoto house. And this is a recurring theme that I noticed in Galena, which, you know, we've been to supposedly haunted places before, and I always kind of sheepishly ask, you know, hey, have you ever seen anything? And, you know, the, the... answers we kept getting in Galena, they weren't the standard, well, you know, I heard a story or two, and you should talk to somebody else, or whatever. This was, everybody we talked to in Galena was like, ghosts? Yeah! We got ghosts all over the place! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and not only that, it was about the lady in black. Yes. I swear that she uh, mentioned that. 
she did. She mentioned something about the lady in black. Um, she hadn't had an encounter herself, but she mentioned other waitresses there who had. And um, I thought that was really interesting. She said also that other waitresses had heard a voice, a woman's voice saying, get out of here or something to that effect um, when nobody else was around. Didn't she also mention, like, a lady in, um, white? Yes, she mentioned a lady in white, which, you know, we we kind of questioned her on it. You mean the lady in black? She's like, no, I've heard about the lady in black. This is a lady in white. Yeah. So is that a different character, or is it some, like, variation of the same person? I don't know. We, we never got a straight answer of what that could have been. No, I, I don't think she knew, because, again, she was repeating stories she'd heard from other people. But she pointed us in the direction of John, who was the uh, the desk clerk that night, and uh, he had some stories. And we went to talk to him, and first he gave us the backstory on the woman in black, which I, I'm not sure, you know, how, how he got this story, because I couldn't corroborate it with anybody else, but... He said that the woman in black was the widow of this Civil War leader who had uh, gone into battle and died, and his body, and the body of his son, who was also killed in, in battle, the, the widow's son as well, was stored in the basement of DeSoto House for a while during the Civil War because they basically served as a morgue for the Union soldiers. Uh, who were killed in battle, and uh, the 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 widow had come to DeSoto House for some reason or another, and had seen the bodies of her loved ones there, and and was, you know, so mortified and shocked that, you know, she haunts the place to this day. Yeah. And he even pointed to pointed out a spot to us in the basement where the woman in black supposedly retreats to after she haunts. Yeah, I mean, the, there was a big like brick hole on display <laughs> yeah yeah it was a framed hole in the wall <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, this is a little bit separate but john also told us of somebody else named heather yeah uh she had a story about something really really weird but apparently like she was uh, at a desk or some kind of bar and things started to get really like violent and shaking all over the place she blacked out and and ended up on the other side of the bar sometime later it i mean i don't know how long later it was but i don't think she knew how long later it was uh, no she was absolutely clueless and uh yeah and like she, when she got up apparently things went like crashing down like violently right where she had been standing exactly at the same point, I mean, the, the way he told the story, it was almost like the ghost saved her life. Because it, I got the impression it wasn't the ghost that was throwing the stuff off the wall. I got the impression that the ghost actually blacked her out and moved her so that she wouldn't get hit by what was coming off the wall. And really? Unless we're talking about two different ghosts. Two ghosts fighting against each other? Yeah. What if there's a woman in white and a woman in black, for lack of a better term? 
The woman in black is so angry about the loss of her loved ones that she is throwing stuff around. The woman in white sees this this woman, you know, the waitress, Heather, standing there in danger, blacks her out, moves her around, and gets her out of the way before the woman in black can hurt her. Um, I mean, that was one possible take on it anyway. Yeah, I mean, at first look, I think that it's just the, the lady in black or some kind of ghost, you know, just trying to do some trolling of some kind. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, my favorite story of John's stories, and he had a couple, but um, his overnight story, when he, he was working the night shift during COVID, and he said there were no guests in the hotel, there was nobody in the place except him. He was basically there just to make sure that the heat stayed on. Um, and all of a sudden he hears this loud, violent crashing sound from the basement. And his first thought is, great, the best job I've ever had, and I'm about to lose it because some stupid raccoon broke into the basement and is trashing the place. So he goes down there and looks around, and there's nothing out of place anywhere. And he can't figure it out. He comes back. You know, all the doors are secure and everything, and he just, there's no reason for that crash to have taken place. And that was when he realized that he was staying in a very different kind of place for his job. But he did say that as many stories as he had, um, the best way for us to experience the DeSoto house would be to come after the restaurants were closed at night. And we said, well, yeah, that's great, but how do we do that? He says, just come back. And I was like, but aren't you closed? We're a hotel. We're not closed. The restaurants are closed, but we're not closed. And so I said, oh, so we could come into the hotel part, but not the restaurant part. He's like, you can go wherever you want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of puzzled at this point. And then he says, you know, the overnight guy is Dan. If you come around midnight, just check in with Dan, he'll be happy to show you around. And so that led us to probably our coolest ghost investigation so far. Yeah, yeah the, the guy basically gave us a full tour for free. He did. He took us like around the whole building that was open. He took us into the kitchen. Well, for me, the best part was we, we kind of snuck in. <laughs> we came in through the I, I mistakenly came in through the back door thinking it was the front entrance at night, but it was not. Yeah, I was really fearing that like the police would have been called if like we broke in or something. Yeah. <laughs> and like we were going back and forth up the stairs. Yeah, we, we come we came creeping up from the basement. <laughs> and Dan was up front. <laughs> and he comes back in and he thought we were guests, you know, going out for a drink or something something and he's like, hey guys can I get the door for you and we're like, no we're looking for you <laughs> so so yeah after after we met Dan then he he was as obliging as John said he was going to be he was happy to see us he was happy to show us around really one of the most welcoming places I've ever been to yeah right um, but he took us on that tour. He took us into the basement. He showed us the, the, the framed spot where the lady in black disappears to. He showed us the kitchen where the noises supposedly came from. Um, we were, we were really wandering around that place with him. Yeah. 
And then we get to that big open area, like where they serve breakfast usually, and where you can see the the interior hallways that face the rooms and everything, several floors above us. And um, that was where something a little weird happened. Yeah, we we heard like a whistle coming from someone's room. It seemed like. Well, I, I don't even think it was from someone's room. It sounded like it was in that entryway somewhere, like outside the room, like. <laughs> Like somebody was standing in a hallway whistling at us for our attention. Right. My first thought was that it could have been somebody upstairs because there were mul multiple floors and somebody could have easily walked by secretly and whistled. Right. And I still kind of believe that to a degree, but it was so random. Well, anything could have been true. And that's what Dan said too. He said that it was probably one of the other staff members messing with us or one of the, one of the guests messing with us. But I didn't hear a door slam. I didn't see any shadows. I didn't see any movement. Yeah, there were no footsteps. As you said, no, like, door noises. It's a creaky old building. You can't move in that building without making noise. Yeah, I mean, we, we went into the hotel hallways. We walked on different floors to look around. But we there, were a, there was a lot of creaking anywhere we went. Yeah. I honestly didn't see any other staff members, to be honest. I didn't either. Yeah, there was... There was only a few guests that I saw walk by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, it was only two or three. We, at some point, Dan left us on our own to wander around, and we did check out the upper floors because apparently the hauntings mainly occur on the second and third floor there. And uh, we didn't really see anything. Um, yeah. There was a vibe, though. I mean, there was a definite creepy vibe to that place at midnight. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta mention that uh, the... The um, hallways of that hotel, like the walls, are so have such a vibe that it's it's pretty creepy. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of hotels that I'll say it's creepy, but that was like textbook. There's gonna be a random creepy ghost lady at the end of the hallway. Yeah. To be honest, I was a little bit worried this is gonna be almost like a haunted house where they like stage things, mm -hmm. and maybe like the whistle is just a stage sound effect. But honestly, like, throughout the trip, I noticed that nothing was really staged. Like, no. There couldn't really be anything to be staged. Right. Yeah, it was just naturally creepy. And they had no reason to be staging at a hotel anyway. Right. I, I could see it at, like, 8 o'clock when the, when the, um, the walking tour comes through with the, the ghost tour. Because they, they stop mm -hmm. at that hotel. I mean, maybe maybe if we walked through with that and we heard a whistle, I would be tempted to think it was staged. But yeah, let me let me drop my mountain monsters moment on you here. The, I don't know if I told you guys about this or not, but it was I think two nights later, we were back home. I was letting the dog out shortly after midnight, about the same time we were at at the uh, the uh, Desoto house a few days earlier. I heard the same whistle. Wait, what? <laughs> the exact same whistle. So you were somewhere else. I was somewhere else. I was in our backyard, and it sounded like it was coming from somewhere down the street, but the exact same pitch, exact same tone. It was the same whistle. You know, it's funny because I actually remember you uh, mentioning it. I heard, I heard you from another room. Yeah, I had um, mentioned it to someone else, and I thought you might have overheard. Yeah, but I, w I wasn't sure, and I eventually kind of forgot. Uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> wow. 
So if the whistling ghost might have followed us home that night, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, but that's concerning if we brought a ghost back home. Yeah. Or was it some kind of skinwalker? They make mysterious sounds at random places. Well, it's the only thing I've experienced since we've been back, unless you count the strange light in the sky we talked about last week. <laughs> um, that was my that that was what I brought back with me from this Soho House experience. We're always getting weird. Yeah, <laughs> we're bringing the weirdness all the way into one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the other weirdness we experienced in the DeSoto House, though, is. Um, and, and this one's easily explainable, but it's... I got a strong EMF spike in the elevator uh, when we were coming down from those upper floors. And, you know, sure, you're in an elevator. There's electronics. But I waved that EMF detector all over that elevator, you know, trying to find, you know, something coming from a panel somewhere that would cause it. And it was dead. There was nothing anywhere. When we first got into the elevator on that upper floor, that thing topped out in the red and held there for a few seconds. So, it's a little strange. So we, we, we hadn't quite encountered enough weirdness yet in Illinois, so our, our final day in Galena, we stopped for breakfast at Otto's place. Now, Otto's place was founded by a man named Otto, who the jolly guy who is apparently still haunting the place, according to most people. Oh. So, you know, we, we needed breakfast anyway, and you know, we like a good we like a good breakfast place. So, we stopped in. It had that same kind of old town feel as the other places in Galena. It's clearly an old building. Been there a while. Um, it was very crowded the day we went. We uh, questioned the waiter and got the typical Galena response. <laughs> oh, ghosts! Heck yeah! This place is haunted like you wouldn't believe! <laughs> and he started telling us about flickering lights, lights turning on when there's nobody there, and especially the music. He said the, there were times the music would just randomly go on and off in that place. Hmm. And he said almost everyone who worked there had experienced it, he said, and they just assumed it was Otto and it's all it's all friendly it's all good they don't have a problem with them i have to say i didn't get the vibe as strongly there as i did in uh DeSoto house you know I, maybe it was because it was you know 11 o'clock in the morning it wasn't <laughs> midnight <laughs> but uh it, to me it just felt like a nice little restaurant yeah i mean it looked a little bit more modern to me mm -hmm. yeah unfortunately i am struggling to remember it like what it exactly looked like but yeah, I, I do briefly remember the waiter stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, I think you were right. I think it was more modern than maybe we expected. It, it had clearly been refinished a few times, and or at least one time. Served a good breakfast, good coffee, really good coffee, as I recall. Um, but uh, the waiter was, I think his name was Ryan. He he was really, really talkative when we started talking about the ghosts with him. And he was, it seemed like a really nice guy and really straightforward guy. Um, he even shared another story about another restaurant uh, that he used to work at called Fried Green Tomatoes. And he said that that place was extremely haunted. 
um, which I found interesting because the waitress at Green Street Tavern had shared a story about a place where her friend worked called Vinnie Venucci's in Galena, which was apparently <laughs> very haunted. So basically, I'm getting the feeling that any restaurant you go to in Galena is haunted. <laughs> yeah. Especially the Italian places, apparently, but... Yeah. My memory just came back. I got a pop a pop tart from Otto's, correct? Yes. <laughs> that was the best pop tart in the world. Oh yeah, the homemade pop tart. Yeah, that there's no way you could beat that. I mean, it had the frosting, the the crust was very nice, flaky, um, and the the jelly was a little bit was um kind of missing a little bit. It was more in the center, not equally spread out. Mm-hmm. But it was the crust itself made up for it anyway. It had some kind of cream cheese frosting, didn't it? Yeah, that's the frosting on top. It was really good. Yeah, I was I was kind of jealous to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, our conclusions. I mean, my conclusion is that Galena was a lot more fun of a town than I thought it was, and it was also really really haunted. Yeah. Yeah. During the day, could be more staged at times. It has a high reputation. And I think that reputation most likely comes at night, mainly. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we saw, or we listened to a a whistle, Mm -hmm. and it followed us back, and there were a lot of other stories Mm -hmm. that could have been true, could have not been, but I, overall, I think it was haunted. Yeah, I think we gotta go back to that town. I I think you're right, and I, you know, it's gonna take some convincing for other people in our family, but uh, thank you all for listening, and thank you for subscribing, and as always, if you have any great Galena ghost or goat stories for us, we would love to hear them, Um, or if you have any cryptid stories or UFO stories from anywhere in and around Illinois, by all means, share them with us. 